Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to join us as we talk about the Sport of Kings each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on which side of the coast you live. Depending on that, I don't know how hot it is where you're at, but we have about a heat index of 110 here, and where I live, everyone is a wimp in about a 200-mile radius. That's pretty hot around here. I don't know where it is where you're at for our fans in Alaska, Iceland, uh, uh, Finland. Uh, enjoy, enjoy, uh, because uh, it's pretty hot here, and uh, I don't know if this is global warming, uh, but it is hot. And uh, And the horses actually had to take a little break. There were some cancellations of tracks there's even some cancellations tomorrow but be bringing that up when we have our special guests on this evening talking about hot winning ponies as hot as the july summer they've got over 5.6 million dollars in exotic payouts takes about 60 seconds to sign up and you are in the game color-coded tears handy icons speed ratings for this current race and a composite for the last three as well as turf ratings Change of weather tab in case Mother Nature gets ugly. And, of course, the detailed rider trainer information. Easy to use, effective, economical, and can be used from the novice to the hardcore player. Check it out at www.winningponies.com and stop gambling and start winning. Big night tonight. Big night. Have a couple guests. That's after we do some recap, some biggins, some news, a story. Our first special guest this evening is Derby winning trainer, gentleman of racing, Mr. Graham Motion. Actually, this will be a second time on. Makes it even that much more special. Mr. Graham Motion is going to be joining us here in a bit. Our second guest is a man of racing, a renaissance man, that is, of thoroughbred racing, and someone I'm very honored to call my friend, Mr. John Collins Engelhart, is going to be checking in with us, do a little handicapping, and enlighten our lives. John's a good man for racing. Then if we got a little time, we'll do some news and some final furlong handicapping. But who knows? We might be chock-filled here, and that doesn't sound too bad to me because that means we're having a whole lot of fun. Let's run down the stakes results last week. The American Oaks goes to Cambina. Martin Garcia for Jeff Bond wins by a head over Nay Reed. Excuse me. They dead heated. Forgive me. They dead heated. Nay Reed trained by Mr. Sheriff and JoJo Talamo. In the irons, so there was Cambina and Avery. They actually dead heated, and Star Billing rounded out the try. The Delaware Handicap, a Grade Two event at Delaware Park. Blind luck gets the best 
of Harvard at Grace by a nose. I'm telling you, it goes on and on. These two are throwing it down. This is the gal's version of Allie Dart of Harvard. They are exciting as all get out to watch. Blind luck at the best of Garrett Gomez, the Irons, for Jerry Hollendorfer. Real exciting race. Virginia Derby, home of my friend Tyler Picklesheimer and many-time guest with us as he is the director of racing at Colonial Downs. Winner, Virginia Derby, 600,000 air support. That's Alex Elise for Shug McGahey by a neck of her band. Remember band from the Breeders' Cup, don't you? And then rounding out the try is Casino Host. The A-Gleam handicap is a great two at Hollywood Park. Irish Gypsy is the winner. Martin Garcia and Bob Bamford show continues on by a nose of her Alter Blend and Tanda. Rounding out the try, Virginia Oaks at Colonial. Tyler had one heck of a day out there as his track was rocking and rolling, and Colonial puts on one incredible show. Winner of the Virginia Oaks is excited. Johnny Velasquez, Todd Pletcher are the winners. Summer Savoy is second. Uh, Kent DeSorma, Mike Stidham. And then Wyoming rounds out the try. The Jaipur Stakes at Belmont Park is a great three event. Winner is right one. J.J. Castellano of Christophe Clement by a head over Yield Bogey and Evolutionist. So there you have it. You have a little bit of what was happening as far as results. This is what was happening as far as some biggins. Running down those on July 15th, there were 142 of which Calder led the pack in race 10, a super effective $5,418.80. Hope you left the clerk more than the 80 cents. Saturday, July 16th, 190 total biggins. Rio Doso has a super effective that pays $7,403.40. Got to keep it in there. Sunday, July 17th, 111 total biggins. Hollywood Park races four through six. Sounds like a pick three. It is. Pays 5547 Very nice. July 18th on a Monday, 45 total biggins. Suffolk race six, a superfecta key, 5,145.80. Tuesday the 19th, 47 total biggins. Mountaineer, 3,477.40 on a superfecta in race three. Wednesday, July 20th, 63 total biggins. Evangeline Downs has a super effecta. Hold on to your hat. 29,386.40 in race number one. Thursday, July 21. There's a lot of cancellations. A lot of heat out there. 18 total biggins. Arlington, race one, a super effecta. 3,102.40. Those were our biggins. And when I say biggins, I, I actually need you to go back and do a little homework. You need to take a look and see how we're doing. If, if hopefully if we're doing well, you're doing well. If you're doing well, we're happy. See how it works? It's all a lot of fun. Here's what's happening this Saturday, July 23rd. Delmar has the Eddie Reed, a grade one. Saratoga has the TVG Coaching Club, American Oaks, grade one event. Woodbine has the Passing Mood, Prairie Meadows, the Prairie Meadows Handicap. Arlington, the Stars and Stripes, Delmond. Or Delmont. I'm still got Belmont on the mind. Delmar, we got Osanitas. Stakes. Calder has the Nancy's Glitter. Mammoth has the Desert Vixen. River Downs has the Kevin Gomer. Ta-da! Stakes. Evangeline has the Matron Stakes. Ellis Park, the Ellis Park Turf. Fair Meadows, the Speed Horse Golden Silver Cup. Sounds exciting. They also have the Route 66, or Route 66 if you're cool. 
And uh, Canterbury has the Francis Genter. Glad to hear Canterbury is going to be up and kicking again. That really, really broke my heart. Whenever you hear a racing, uh, a racing uh, facility not able to run due to a shortfall of the estate budget, it's, it's awful. Canterbury also has the Victor S. Miles. Arapaho has the CTBA Breeders' Oaks. Horseman's has the Who Doctor Who. Marquee Downs has the Marquee Downs Handicap. And that all takes place this Saturday July 23rd, a whole lot of action indeed. And I was telling you who our, who our guests are going to be. First, it's going to be Graham Motion is going to be joining us. That'll be the second time, gentleman trainer, winning uh, trainer of the Derby winner, I should say. Uh, I think you'd rather have gentlemen come first. But uh, Derby winning trainer and, and a good guy for racing, actually patient. And anytime his runners were in, they actually wore the big look, the second look. If you're not sold on the first go-round, take that second look. And then John Collins Englehart is going to be joining us. He was former president of the Turf Publicist of America, longtime racing publicist, photographer, you name it, he can do it. So those are our two great guests tonight. Uh, Mr. Motion, Mr. Englehart are going to be joining us here, and we're going to go out to Graham Motion here shortly as I see that he is on hold. So thank you for calling in, Mr. Motion. I hope wherever you're at, it's cool. So we'll get to him here shortly. And as I was telling you a little bit about some things I was reading in the news, things that actually make me just kind of scratch my head. Survivor for Crone, it could happen. Retired Julie Crone has done a lot of things, including becoming the first woman inducted into the Racing Hall of Fame and the first female jockey to win the Belmont, a grade one event. She is or has been a mother, author, broadcaster, motivational speaker, student, of karate, instructor of natural horsemanship, and even rode standard bread moneymaker to a trotting world record of the Red Mile at Lexington in 2000. She's 47 years young and will make a comeback of sorts this year when she rides a charity race for retired legends at Doncaster in England. How neat. One thing she is not is a reality television star, at least not yet. According to notes, the Delmar Thurber Club publicity staff, Crone has been contacted by recruiters for the hit CBS show, Are You Ready? Survivor, about being a possible cast member. Cast member, isn't that cool? I mean, Julie Crone, now we saw her apply herself in the, uh, in the saddle and did a remarkable job. Now we're going to get to see her on Survivor. Now, how good is that? Couldn't get any better than that, and uh, at least... I don't think that it could. I mean, how much fun is it going to be? I bet she's fit as a fiddle and can probably jump right back into the saddle at any time. Talking about an upswing that I love to hear, and I love to be able to say this for the racing world, record crowd of 46,588 watches Del Mar's opener. This is uh, in the Thurber Times. <laughs> Joe Harper breathed a sigh of both relief and disbelief after a record-setting opening day to the 72nd Del Mar Thoroughbred Club meeting on Wednesday. A total of 46,588 fans, mostly young and enthusiastic, jammed the San Diego County Coastal Track on an overcast day to do better to the previous mark of 45,309 set last year. Ever wonder if you can beat last year? Well, I'm telling you, what, that is incredible news. Any, any upswing in racing is good news. I'm not going to say that I'm disillusioned and it happens everywhere all the time, but that is great news. And I believe uh, you can still hear it on the simulcast feed. You'll hear uh, Mr. Bing Crosby uh, singing something about the surf and the turf, but I'm not about ready to sing. Uh, I, I just don't think I have it in me. Here's something that was kind of cool. 
If you want to smile a little bit, Keeneland offers dental screenings to children of industry employees. People that work on the backseat, they may or may not be able to afford insurance for children. And they've teamed up with the University of Kentucky College of Dentistry and Bluegrass Farm Charities to offer free dental screenings. Isn't that cool? Gives the kids something to smile about. Good things in racing. Good things. I'm telling you what. I read this week Delmar opening with cautiously high hopes. Wow, I am so glad that they they exceeded their expectations. That happens very rarely in racing now. I was reading about horse cams. They may add new excitement. Riders can fit them right on the front of their helmets. Now, I don't know how many trainers are going to balk on this. Actually, maybe we'll ask Mr. Motion. And technology is changing the way fans view sporting events. Uh, it allowed NASCAR to amass a huge following, as we know. Football cameras now take the viewer on the field for a player's eye view, which is really cool. Now, some of the new technology may help revive the sport of kings. And it says, what we've seen it can do for other sports, says Kenley Hobby of UNA student in the horse racing industry program in Arizona. Horse racing is still stuck in the binoculars age. So what they're proposing, they actually have a, a camera on top of their helmet. And you can see this. I mean, you can see exactly what the rider is seeing. Now, how far have we come? Isn't that, am I, am, I, am, I just, am I just excited about nothing? I think this would just be riveting. The live technology that puts the betters right there. You can put down the binoculars and you actually go to your iPhone and, and you, you had an app and you can follow along. Okay, your rider's coming up, and you, how neat would it be? It would almost feel like you're in the saddle, per se, and, and watching something, uh, something totally exciting, how, how a rider comes through a, a, a small sliver of a hole that you actually wouldn't throw a playing card, but they actually not only come up, but they, they come on and win the race. How exciting would that be? I, I guess the kid in me, I, I'm excited that uh, technology and horse cams may be the next Next big way, but they look very small, and hopefully, and as I said, maybe we can ask Mr. Motion, in fact, if, if it would bother him if a rider came out and had a small camera attached. But for me, I guess from the novice uh, end of, uh, of that part of the horse, I, I'm not about ready to make a judgment, but I think we should defer to the professionals. Well, talking about professionals, it's time to head out to our first break, and when we return, Winning Ponies will have the honor of chatting with gentleman trainer Mr. Graham Motion here on Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and we are glad to have you on board. This is our second segment each and every week. During our second segment, we have our special guest of the week. And join us tonight is Gentleman Trainer, trainer of Derby Winter Animal Kingdom, and a man who is dangerous no matter where his horse is saddled. Winning Ponies is honored to please to be chatting with Mr. Graham Motion. Graham, how are you? Good, thanks, Ed. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, and this is the second time that uh, you've graced us. So uh, I guess, as they say, the check's in the mail, sir. Sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good, and uh, I was actually uh, watching uh, one of your horses, uh, uh, Crimson China, in, in the Virginia Derby last week. Uh, how did Crimson come back out? Yeah, he came back fine. I mean, I was a little disappointed. He, uh, I think we got a little too caught up in the fact that not many horses were closing from off the pace, and Julian and I decided to keep him a little closer than we had been, and I think it kind of blew up for us. Uh, we took him out of his game, and, and next time he runs, we'll just let him run his race. Uh, it was. It, I wanted to ask. I've asked every train. I excuse me. I've asked the racing secretary, but I wanted to ask every trainer that's run. What do you think of the turf course there? It, it's a it's a good turf course. I mean, it, it's very fair. Um, it, it holds up remarkably well considering how many races they run in it. So, and the fact that it is wide, um, you, you know, it's unusual that you get to run on such a, a wide and, and long turf course in this country. So, it, it's very good. Oh, good, good. This is your second time with us, sir, and since your last visit, uh, your charge Animal Kingdom won the Kentucky Derby this spring. Has this excitement worn off for you? You know, I don't think it'll ever wear off, so to speak. I mean, it's something that you're going to think about every day of your life, I think. Um, It's certainly settled down a little bit. You know, we're a little bit back to reality uh, after the last, you know, what we went through the last month or so, Um, but it, it was an amazing feeling. An animal kingdom recuperating now uh, from a fracture in his left hind leg. Yeah, he had a, 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 a hairline fracture in a, in a, a small bone that's in his hock. Um, 
and he has just started hand walking. He, he had a couple of weeks where we didn't do much with him at all, and we just started back walking him every day. Well, that's good to hear any recuperation, and just uh, it, it still makes my heart sing because uh, uh, I, I was actually a great follower of that day of Animal Kingdom. I actually, the animal appeared on my radar screen at Turfway Park when you were there for the Vinery Lanes Inn. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's tough for me to see him now, you know, where he's, he's not able to train. It's, it's obviously very disappointing after what we've been through with him, but... You know, he's a remarkable horse, and I, I, I strongly believe that he'll be back, uh, and he'll be just as good as he was, uh, hopefully, when we get to start him back next year. That would be terrific, and I know many fans out there are, are, are waiting that moment. A very interesting article I was reading about appeared in the Thoroughbred Times about relaxing horses and taking the edge off, uh, galloping in company, riders' equipment, intelligent horses. Can you encapsulate any part of that, uh, I, I, I guess, article, I know it's very difficult because it was very interesting, about some of the main thoughts for our listeners? Yes, that, that was the article about, about the equipment. Uh-huh. And, and getting yeah. horses to relax. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I've, I've been brought up with. You know, I worked for Jonathan Shepherd for five years, and his whole program is based around getting horses to settle. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that, that we have a lot of grass horses, because that, that's how turf horses run their best races when they settle and, and can come usually from off the pace. So um, it, it's something that's kind of been, been forced into me, um, and, and it's, it's, it's what I, I really enjoy. Uh, it's, it's part of the, the game that I really enjoy is getting the horses to relax and, and race like that. Your horses, to me, when I, when I get out of the paddock, I, I'm like a little kid each and every time. They always look on their toes and they always have a certain uh, just a certain uh, confidence and 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 to me i think their coat always looks remarkable well it's nice to you say that i mean I, I do you know we do try like every trainer tries to keep the horses looking well and, and healthy but i i certainly think a big part of our program is keeping the horses healthy and, and happy i mean you know happy horses are, are going to run better races just like human beings i mean if you're if you're if you're in the doldrums and you're, you're not happy about what you're doing you're not going to perform to the best of your ability so you know mentally and, and physically it's all it's all a big part of the game all right mental mental part is of every sport and and i'm sure the the equine uh, athletes have feel the same uh, down deep they just don't tell us about it graham on equidaily.com the lasix debate has been heating up it's heating up in in every uh, every rag paper or uh, article out there on racing jenny reese in the courier journal wrote something about how letting a horse bleed is considered inhumane and what effect it would have on field sizes. Todd Pletcher is a 1,000% for Lasix for horses owners and the betting public. BBC Pundit, if I have it correctly, John McCreary, is that uh, Mutton Chops? I believe that would be right. <laughs> Mutton Chops. He feels Lasix and Butte should be banned. Sir, as an industry professor... A professional, excuse me. Do you see this affecting the bottom line of racing? And what are your feelings on this issue? Yeah, I mean, no doubt it, it will affect um, racing if it's something that comes into play, and it'll, it'll affect it significantly. I, I just, my, my personal feeling is, I thought Jenny Reese wrote a very good article. Um, I just don't want a knee-jerk reaction about Lasix, similar to, to, to the reaction we had with the synthetic tracks. I feel, you know, when you have a knee-jerk reaction like that, things, things aren't done properly. And, and, you know, the end result with the synthetic tracks in California was a disaster. 
where, whereby they weren't done properly. They were, it, was, it was rushed. Um, it, it was done very quickly and not, not done properly. Um, I, I just think a lot more thought needs to go into this Lasix issue. Uh, I strongly believe that if people aren't using Lasix, they're going to try and use something else because horses bleed. So perhaps the Lasix is the lesser of the two evils when it's something that's able to be controlled by the state. It's able to be given by a state veterinarian, uh, even as much as, as in Canada where they control the dosage that you're allowed to give. Um, so I, I'm not sure of all the issues we have with medication in this country. I think the Lasix is probably one of the, the, the least of our, our concerns. And I, I believe, uh, you know, I, I also have reservations about the fact that you're sending horses out there knowingly that, knowing that they're going to bleed and, and, and knowing that you can do something about it and, and not doing that. I'm, I'm, not sure that's, that's the, I'm not sure that's fair to the animal. Very well said. I, I know this is going to be a very hot topic in days, weeks, and times to come, and I sure hope the cooler heads and, and the, right, the right thinkers actually prevail on this issue. I, I and, think another part of the issue is that if we are going to get so strict about the medication, then everything has to be policed a, a lot more. We have to have a lot more security on the backside. You know, when you, when you race a horse in Japan where there's no medication, you're in a JRA facility, which is controlled by them with JRA vets. And until you do that, I really don't see how, how these, these medications can, can properly be controlled. I think that sheds a, a whole other light on the issue, especially uh, a comparison that maybe many fans weren't, weren't aware of. And in, for you know, myself, even, I've, I've learned something new, and I feel that that's very important in our sport. Graham, this Saturday you have a very talented runner in Smart Bid entered in the Grade 1 Eddie Reed at Delmar. Uh, your horse is shipping out and hopefully getting away from the heat into better climate. Yeah, I'm hoping that might help him because it really is brutal here at the moment in Maryland. But uh, he, he got out there last night. We actually sent him uh, FedEx from Newark Airport yesterday. Um, and he arrived at, at Delmar yesterday evening. He galloped there this morning. Uh, seems to have handled everything well. It, it's a great opportunity for him to run in a Grade 1. You know, he's still a, uh, an entire horse. He, he has the potential to be a stallion. So if he could pull off a grade one win, I think it would be a real feather in his cap. Uh, we, we are all rooting for you and, and, and hoping for you. And, and have, a, have a wonderful trip to Delmar this weekend. Sir, I, I always ask every trainer, what makes your racing operation unique? Is it, uh, is it your methods, having the right people that work for you, solid owners, training facilities? What works best for you? You know, I think I think all of the above. Um, I, I'm very fortunate to train at Fair Hill, which is a unique facility. It enables us to do a lot of things uh, that you couldn't do on a racetrack. Um, my staff is, you know, a couple of my assistants have been with me almost since I started, and I I also have some great owners. So, you know, I think every trainer is unique in, in their approach to the business and, and the way they do things. Uh, and I am just consider myself very lucky that I have the owners that I have and I'm able to train at a facility like Fairhill. You know, since the Derby, Fairhill has gotten so much positive press. Not that there was negative, no, not even inferring that whatsoever, but it is it actually showed the beautiful facility and everything that was out there. And I think that it just opened up the eyes of so many new fans to to wonderful facilities. I think they they just thought they just trot around the track and put them back in the barn, but it opened the eyes and the beauty to racing. Yeah, I mean it is amazing facility. We're extremely fortunate. I mean we have access to thousands of acres that really belongs to the state of Maryland, but, but we have access, access to it. 
um, it's, it's just a great, great facility. And we even managed to get the governor here before the Preakness. And I, I think that was the first time he'd visited uh, the facility. Well, wonderful. And, and what, a, what an experience that must have been uh, for it to come out there and actually see beauty, beauty of that magnitude. Uh, I've, I've only had the pleasure of seeing it on TV with the other fans, but I have to say I was totally impressed. Mr. Motion, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for spending your time with us. I know your, your time is short and you're a very busy gent, and we wish you and yours the best on and off the track. Thank you, sir, and best of luck this weekend. Not at all. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Graham Motion, uh, winner of the con- trainer of the winner of the Kentucky Derby and gentleman of racing. A uh, very good man to listen to. Speaking of another good man, we got another one on hold. His name is Dan. Dan, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me, Adam? Drive. I, I can hear you. You're driving and talking. I'm driving give, and talking. What will they give you? No. Can you walk and chew gum? I'm not texting, no. <laughs> I understand. And, and, and I am on LASIK, Ed. Okay, well, you know what? A butte and Lasix is a good thing to be on, and and I'll I'll call home and tell your wife. Uh, she she won't. <laughs> she's she's not going to go for it. She's not going to believe you. Have, uh, what, have what's you, happening, uh, my man? Nothing. I I just you know last two rides, I wanted to call in and uh and uh, say a few things. Uh, you know, over the past what has it been? Three years? Yes, sir. Three years. You know, you you've made. Jockeys cry. You've made Chantel giggle. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're a class act, and uh, you will be missed. Um, and I wanted to let you know that uh, no matter what anyone says, I am still a better handicapper than you. <laughs> that goes without saying, Dan. I mean, it was something we, we didn't know. All the ones that I always said, write Danny's down in pen. There was a reason. You can go back and podcast anytime you like, my friend. Dan, the words the words mean a lot to me. It was it was a lot of fun handicapping with you. Your insights are great, and just uh, if people are interested, they can always go back and podcast in our library. And we've been doing this for a long time. And between you and John Englehart, it was always it was always fun handicapping with you guys. It was one of the best hours of my day. Yeah, I, I, I I'm gonna miss it. With uh, we'll still handicap together, Ed, but we just won't give them out to the public no more. Um, well, maybe we'll charge them. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll charge them. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to say: an old friend of mine, Chris Thomas. You've heard me mention him. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. What he used to say was uh, he thought that the word "great" was thrown around too loosely in sports, and uh, uh, he would say that you know someone's good, but he, when he called someone great, it, it, you, it was an upper echelon of a person. And, Ed, I just want to let you know, you are great. Danny, thank you. That, mean, that means an awful lot to me. It, it means more than you'll know. And it's been a pleasure, and like you said, we're always going to be handicapping pals. And, and as you also brought up, you're going to be a better handicapper than I am. <laughs> Dan, thanks <laughs> for the call, and have thing. a great night. You and your beautiful Ed, you family, stay well. All right. Thanks, Danny. Bye-bye. That's been Danny Moore. He's handicapped with us for an awful long time, and he's a good friend of mine, and we go back a long way. Speaking of another good friend, I happen to have a man online here, Riverdance Track Publicist, former TPA, Turf Publicist of America President, an all-around man of racing, the one, the only, Mr. John Collins Englehart. 
Johnny. Eddie, Eddie, a pleasure to be with you, a pleasure to be in such great company uh, as your radio guest. Uh, it is truly an honor and has been over the last three years. John, I've enjoyed it immensely. And prior to that, we had uh, five years. It almost sounds like in prison, but we actually, not when I said we had five years, but we, we, we were lucky enough to do racing uh, on the radio and or having a racing program on the radio, and we did some TV handicapping on your, on your claim show with the regular guy show, which went on for forever and a day and was terrific as far as an educational vehicle. We always had a great time handicapping together. Well, you were always my favorite co-host because, you know, when you looked down and saw that one set of footprints, I knew you were carrying me. Were they, were they really deep, though, in the sand? <laughs> they were big footprints, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you've been on many times, and I like to refer to you as the Renaissance Man. Can you try to define that, why I've always uh, responded to you in that direction? Well, I, I guess I get bored a lot, so I do a lot of different <laughs> things in racing, you know. Uh, you know, not only do a little, little bit of TV and in radio now and then, I, I, I enjoy writing about the sport, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to uh, have inherited some genes where I've been a photographer, and it, so it's kind of neat to have the camera around your neck while you're doing the stories, and you never know when you're going to get a good shot, and uh, the, the great thing about a track is it, it, it's a living, breathing entity, you know. Something is always going on. I mean, the story that popped up this week, you know, luckily I was just here for him. We, 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 had, we had one of Chris McCarron's uh, uh, graduates, uh, you know, win her first race of her career, Crystal Carmen. We had uh, one of our former leading apprentice rider who's, who was hurt, who was retired, who came back into the saddle at 52 years old. Frankie Vidal came back, and he's winning races left and right. Uh, then I had uh, another NARA, Chris McCarran school guy, win his first hat trick. And uh, today we had uh, Amanda Tamburillo, uh, who's our leading apprentice, uh, win her 100th career race, and she hasn't even been racing a year. And so things just, just you know pop off left and right. And, and probably my favorite story of the week is, we got a horse on the backstretch here, an accredited Ohio bred, that became a millionaire over the weekend at the age of 10. So, you know, the, the neat thing about, uh, you know, covering this game is there's so many facets to it, and I'm just, I'm just blessed that I'm able to get myself involved in a lot of them. And then, John, you do. I, I called to pass to you today, and, and, I, and I accomplished my goal. I did, I did pass to you. And as always, you take it in stride with a smile. Above and beyond, or doing the right thing, I don't know where to phrase it, but I called, and you were huffing and puffing. No, you just weren't walking across the floor with a hot dog, but you were taking water to the pony people in the excessive heat because of how hard they work. Uh, so, you know, somebody's got to do it. You know, nobody's got that in their job description. And right. I, I really admire, there's so many people, as you know, be, behind the scenes in racing. And the weather's just been so oppressive. And it's not, obviously, the first year I've done it. So we keep a cooler down there where they come back with their ponies. And, uh, you know, I fill it up with water and fill it up with ice. And uh, all I tell you this is they're, they're very appreciative of it. You know, they really don't have a place to hide out in between races because the horses are coming back over. And especially in this weather, we're keeping the horses in the shade so much uh, they don't get a break at all. So, you know, it, it, it's just a little thing at it. Ain't no big deal. John, you, you've said the place, the place, the place, the place is named... Beautiful River Downs, formerly Coney Island Racetrack. We've been here for 87 years. Right now, I'm overlooking the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, and a big old barge just went by.
<laughs> Couldn't be any better than that, and there's a new ownership change this year. Unbelievable. What a difference it's made since Pinnacle Entertainment has taken over this track. Uh, not only is the track looking good, uh, they're putting money into advertising, marketing, promotions. Uh, we, we, we set a personal record today. We went over the million-dollar mark today, uh, which was 58% better than all of the last two years. In the last two years, we were 58% better than any figure from last year. Um, in, in the month of June, we were up on track 38%, and so far in the month of July, not including today, uh, we're up 48%. So it really does. I mean, reinvesting money back into the sport, advertising, promoting, marketing, <laughs> it makes a difference, buddy. Yeah, you were going to make me cry for a moment, John, but th- you brought me back down real quick, though. But, but thank you very much. No, I, I'll just tell you, it, it, it's a pleasure to work with, with the people here from Pinnacle, and uh, Sounds like it really is right. a difference. I mean, obviously, people are coming back, and people are staying, and people are betting their money. Uh, you Name me another track in, in the country that, that can say that they're up 48%. Over a month, they were up 38%. That is incredible, and I'm glad for the the resurgence of Ohio racing. John, we got a gentleman that's going to join us. Uh, we got a gentleman at home by the name of James. James happens to be the president of Winnie Ponies. Mr. James Messery is going to join us. James, are you there? Yeah, hey, Ed. Hey, John. How are we doing? A tip of the hat to you. How are you, James? I apologize. Um, It took me so long to finally call into the show. um, We're glad you're here now. Fortunately, it's your last show. Uh, well, I do. I do listen to most of the episodes. Uh, you know, I really enjoy them. Um, I don't want to take too much time, but uh, I thought you know I would just like to share you know the history between Winning Ponies and uh, Ed Meyer. Basically, um, <clears throat> I had our support team actually pull up the original email you sent us. It was actually back in uh, May 28th of 2008, and uh, you were looking to write for our blog. And uh, shortly after that, you were you know contributing dozens of articles a month. Um, what was unique about your writing is that you weren't just regurgitating, you know, the major news stories. You were contributing articles from the point of view of a horse player. Um, my favorite articles you wrote were actually the ones where you would talk about real people that you knew at the track and their quirks and their personality and the people you, you know, grew to know over the years. And uh, those are actually my favorite articles. And, you know, of course, you're, you're your handicapping and free picks always appreciated. James, um, I I can't thank you. Th- those are such such great words because I've enjoyed every moment working with with Winning Ponies. Yeah, no, it was definitely every all, all along the way it was great. Um, then uh, what happened later that year? Voice America contacted us. They wanted us to have their sports network was fairly new and they wanted to fill a, with a horse racing show, and they thought our organization would be fit to uh, host it and then you know immediately you came to mind as you know be the perfect host for this um and then our uh, first show aired december 4th 2008 um and actually john was the second guest on the 11th the week after and uh i don't know my count might not be right but i believe uh after you know it's been two and a half years and i think this episode is actually the 121st episode um and that's just phenomenal i mean i know the work involved with each episode and to do 121 of them is just unbelievable 
James, that that is incredible because it feels like it's about the second or third because every moment I've done this for Winning Ponies has been a joy. You know, I, I really never kind of flushed it out for, for you and or John and our listeners. It's a bittersweet time for me. This is my last show as I'll be assuming the role of the ADW coordinator at Keeneland Racecourse in Lexington, Kentucky, and will not be able to don't, or do the right thing and, 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 and handicap and, and write enough uh, for Winning Ponies. It's a tremendous outlet, and it has been a lot of fun. But, James, enough of talking about me. I know you're a handicapper. Do you have anything for us for the weekend? <laughs> oh, That's putting you on the I'm, string there. I'm right? on That's the spot, tough. yeah. I was actually uh, <laughs> just briefly looking at our uh, easy win form for uh, Saratoga tomorrow. Um, let's see. I think in the eighth is that 75,000 stake race. Um, we like Pletcher's uh, Caxa Electronica. I never know how to pronounce that horse. It's the number nine at seven to two. Yeah, really nice work, shortening up a little from the mile, and uh, that should definitely help. Uh, and for exotics, I'd use the 11, Jersey Town, uh, the 10, Congressional Page, which I think will be a big price, and uh, the 3, Aconite. And then in the next race, to feature the ninth, the grade 3, uh, you might be able to line up a Pletcher double here, and it'll be, probably pay pretty well uh, with the 9, Georgia's Angel, Georgie's Angel. It's by Bellamy Road, 5-2. to two. Um, she won her debut. Uh, we gave her a 57 rate, winning ponies rating. It's pretty impressive in a debut maiden win. That was on the 4th of July. Velasquez is taking over, so um, I, know she, I think she's the one. But then I'd also use the two closers, number eight, Flashy Lassie, and number one, uh, Force de la Nature. So we've got some picks from the boss. I kind of like it. We always knew you were a player. You're a very quiet gent. I've met you once in California, Kentucky. We've spoke in Vegas. They put me in contests. They've been nothing but good to me. James, for you and Izzy, I, I, my sincerest thanks, and it's always been a pleasure. Uh, same here, yeah. You're going to be a tough act to follow to, uh, when we continue the show. Well, hopefully I've, I'll be talking with somebody really, really smart and really, really good, and, and hopefully we'll have a surprise uh, in the next day or so. Yeah, so, yeah, so good luck on your uh, endeavor. And, uh, yeah, and as I told you earlier, um, you're always welcome to be a guest, uh, even an impromptu guest. You know, you just want to call in, you know. That we will do. All right. That we will do. Tell Izzy thank you. And James, thank you so much. All right. Take care, guys. Yes, sir. It's been the president of Winning Ponies. He called in. John, he even gave out some selections. How about that? Let's start doing some capping, man. I'm telling you what. Let's jump out to Del Mar. We got the grade one. Eddie Reed stakes 300000 a mile and an eighth on the weeds. We know that you're a turf master, John, for three-year-olds and up. Uh, well, uh, you know, this is a really contentious race. Uh, it, uh, obviously, Grand Motion Smart Bid is, is here. He's serious about winning a grade one. I find it very interesting that Edgar Prado, who's not a regular rider at Del Mar, will be making the trip out to ride him. And, you know, he's ridden him the last five times, so he's got to have a lot of faith in that horse. Certainly you cannot throw out acclamation. Joel Rosario rides coming off two straight wins. Uh, the last one, the Charlie Whittingham, and a mile and a quarter, so the mile and an eighth won't be a uh, question. Uh, I'm going to go with kind of a now horse here, maybe get a price. Joe Talamo's riding number seven, Caracotado. Uh, a horse that has no problem spitting out 100 plus buyer figures. Uh, back back in May 6th, uh, just got beat by a horse by the name of First Dude, who's having a pretty good uh, 
run right now. Uh, came back after the layoff at Hollywood Park, missed by a neck in the grade one shoemaker. So I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb, I think. I don't handicap with odds. I'm going to take Kara Cortado. I like Kara Cortado, John. I actually actually backed it up with a couple shekels, and, and I have all the respect in the world. I'm going to go with Smart Bit, Prado and Motion sticking together. You're right. Why, in fact... Why, in fact, is Prado going out there? He's a great rider. I'm not sliding him one bit. But there are other plenty of riders out there, so he must think he has a chance. They win 25% together, 75% the money. We just had Graham Motion on. I'm not going to ruin the mojo. Uh, five for five in the money in this year, John. The Colonial Turf Cup, and I went back, he was a beaten favorite. It looks like a springboard for this prestigious race. And I've uh, been training well in the weeds. And with acclimation, as you brought up, spots the field two to, anywhere from two to seven pounds. I can't really remember the exact number. And Celtic Princess, uh, A.C. Avila is the trainer, an incredible trainer on on the uh, left coast. Son of Smart Strike looks really prepared. I'm going to go with Grand Motion, and I'm going with Smart Bid in the Eddie Reed, Johnny boy. I I don't blame you. Really, we've got a couple nice distance races. That's a mile and an eighth. Uh, You've got the uh, TVG Coaching Club American Oaks at a mile and an eighth at Saratoga. Just take a penny out and throw it on your program. It's a short field, a classy field. Any one of these horses can win. You're putting a gun to my head. I'm going to go with the now horse, and that's It's Tricky, who really got a wake-up call in the grade one acorn last time and uh, was extremely impressive. So uh, the horses had uh, four races in this year, three of them victories. Karen McLaughlin trains. I'm going with It's Tricky. It's tricky. Uh, You know, once again, we've handicapped Salon together. I guess it's like being married. We start looking alike. (laughs) We're handicapping alike now, John. And, uh, you know, which which is a true true honor just to, you know, hear that, you know, I handicapped by John Engelhardt. And we've done this so long together. In the coaching club, uh, the American Oaks, correct? One-eighth of a, or a mile and one-eighth for $250,000. Royal Delta, Lescano and Mott, can you, can you squabble with that tandem? No, no. Like I said, you can absolutely, you know, if you've got enough money, box all five of them. Any one mm. of these horses can win this race. Four starts, three wins, second off the of poly, one of my favorite angles. I think the grade two black-eyed Susan moved her into the bigger picture. Lightly raced, been off for two months, and I don't think the black-eyed Susan was a fluke whatsoever, and the public just hammered her. She was less than a two-to-one favorite, and she was made the inside move and down the lane. Johnny, I- I'm going to go with Royal Delta. It really catches my in the coaching club. I'm just hoping that the weather will comply. Yeah, well, she beat Buster's Ready in that race. Buster's Ready came back and won the grade one Mother Goose. will be in the field here. You know, Mott's not known for drilling his horses a lot. This filly uh, is on her toes. She's been spitting bullets every morning at Belmont. More, I always like to say, more bullets than Jesse James in the morning. <laughs> Arlington John, the grade three, the stars and stripes, a mile and a half on the weeds, three-year-olds and up. I bet we have the same horse here as well. Uh, another great distance race, but I think there's an absolute standout. Uh, uh, Christopher Clement coming off a layoff uh, with uh, Winchester. You notice Cornel Velasquez is not going to be at Saratoga. He's going to be in the Windy City. He's coming in to ride Winchester. Uh, multiple grade one winner, without a doubt, the class of this field, Ed. You know, John, when, when you said that uh, Cornelio Velasquez is going to Chicago, that's a big, big story. Off for seven months since racing in the Sha Tin, at Sha Tin uh, in, in Hong Kong, one for one at Arlington, been facing much tougher. The works at Belmont on the weeds were good, and Clement does very well with layoffs. I think you're right. I think Winchester... 
even at half speed in, in a grade three event, should be able to handle this field. I won't say it'll be the easiest task for being off for seven months, but turf horses, John, I mean, you're a man of the horse flesh. Don't turf horses usually retain their form a little longer? Yeah, I do. I do believe they do because they're asked to go long and, and steady. They don't have to put out that that big burst of speed. So you know, again, I, it's definitely the horse to beat. May have these two backwards, but I'm going to fire them out anyway. River Downs, the seventh race. It's five and a half furlongs, fifty thousand dollars. The Kevin Gummer. Ta-da! Stakes. Yeah, just a brief history. River Downs was a famous race mare here, broke her maiden in a stakes race, won about uh, 16 stakes races. Her name was Tada, and people just got so used to hearing Kevin call the horse. The, the whole grandstand as she crossed the wire would go, Ta-da! So, yeah, and sad to say, Kevin's no longer with us. He was the voice of Chicago racing after leaving River Downs. Horse in here that cannot get beat unless she falls down is Motega. She just beat the boys in the Hoover Stakes by 17 lengths, and she comes back against the girls. The only threat would be Mamuguska, who ran second to her in her debut, but it's going to be Motega all alone. That was Kevin's tagline, wasn't it? Yes, it was. One of his many. One of his many. Kevin Gomer, one of the bright spots and voices in racing. We have so many, and we're, we're blessed as fans to be able to hear, hear the voices that, that bring the race to life. Kevin could make a match race of two bugs crawling across the ground seem exciting. He just had a way, and, and John, you worked with him for a long time. Yeah, I did. He was one of my best friends. I practically lived at his house, and his his wife Debbie and his son Jason will, will be here on uh, on Saturday. So I look forward to see, seeing them again. Uh, I bet, John. I go with Motega as well. Seventeenth link, Winter River Downs. I can count them on one hand that come to my memory. You can probably name all of those. <laughs> the rails winning a twenty-one percent at your River Downs and two for two in two thousand eleven. I think you're right, and, and God forbid that, I, that this statement is even half half true. Motega would have to experience a great deal of difficulty not to handle this field. All right, well, let's move this along, because at the end, i got some questions for you, my friend. Oh, oh, forgive me, forgive me. Ellis Park, real quick, a mile and 16th on the weeds, the Ellis Park turf. Um, uh, something I probably said to you in the past, kiss mine. Uh, <laughs> Roy Lannery is going to ride Kiss Mine for trainer David Vance and owner Carl Pollard. Of course, uh, they won the uh, River Downs Bassinet Stakes with a horse by the name of Caressing, who then went on to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies and become the Eclipse Award winner that year. So we not only have good question, uh, connections here, uh, they, they've tried an experiment with this horse. They're going to take the blinkers off. Uh, the horse loves Mile on the 16th, has won four times out of 11 and 222,000. Uh, in my opinion, it's, it's the class of the race. I'm not saying it's the only one in there. Persuading looks awful dangerous, too. You know, that's my top pick is persuading. Marlon St. Julian winning 22%. John, this guy was on fire, I'm going to say, seven, eight years ago. Where did he go? Did he go on vacation or did he go back to school? This guy's back for Dale Roman, second off, five for seven on the turf, or on the turf and, and dirt to turf for 21% on the Roman's barn. I think St. Julian really looks good. This guy's running like a man possessed. Happy to see him doing well. Corey Landry, though, my jack's not doing too bad. He's batting 30 percent at Ellis. What a nice guy, because every year he'd come up and steal River Downs' money and take away their nice trophies, wouldn't he? Yes, he would. Well, Ed, we're done with the handicapping portion of the program. <laughs> I mean, there were several times uh, on Winning Ponies when you had me as a guest, when at the last end you'd throw me a little curve. I'm going to ask you four questions. Are you prepared? Four questions. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to give it a whirl. It's the final four. Here we go. It's the final right, four. The, the first one, what was the best thoroughbred horse race you ever saw in person or on TV? 
Wow. Yeah, you put me on this spot too, my friend. (laughs) And I I see now how difficult it is on the receiving end of that. And the clock is running. I'm going to go back to spend a buck because I actually saw him win at River Downs and then to win the Derby uh, and and actually had a few dollars on him. And I was a young lad, and, and I thought that was the world at the time. All right. Well, listen, I know that you are a well-rounded sportsman in many ways. Uh, now, right now, we're going to go away from racing, okay? okay. I, I know you've been a lot of places and seen a lot of things. In, in other sports, where is the best place you ever witnessed a sporting event live, professional or college? That'd be Paul Brown Stadium when I saw the UC Bearcats play Oklahoma. Aha. Uh-huh. And that's outside of racing. I could go right down the list, but that's outside of racing. See, I thought for sure you were going to say the University of Dayton Arena was the best. Oh, oh, God, forgive me. I I was wrong. I have to tell you this. I'm I'm kind of a a laid-back fan, but at the end, with my red shirt on, and I was swinging to town and screaming like a madman at big-time wrestling, I love the University of Dayton. They're 1-1A. That's a good call. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now let's go back in history. Now we're back into thoroughbred racing, okay? All right. And uh, this is one you may have to chew on for a little bit. But historically, who do you consider the best thoroughbred horse of all time? The best thoroughbred that I've witnessed and or No, no, no. Historically. You you can go back to the Darley Arabian if you want. Wow. Now that's going back quite a ways. Um, The best horse that I ever saw... No, not Saw. The one that you think historically is the best thoroughbred of all oh, time. The, uh, the best of all time. Wow, John. That is you. Oh, I never knew how tough this really was. See? But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm between two, but I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean towards Ali Sheba. I saw Ali Sheba break his maiden uh, at Turfway Park and, and beat a Chicago runner by the name of Black Iron. And I watched Ali Sheba with Don Brunfield and then the great Chris McCarron as they came down the lane and Bet Twice came over. Ali Sheba stands out in my book. Yeah, one of my favorite moments was when Ali Sheba became the all-time winningest horse in history, winning the Breeders' Cup Classic before they had lights at Churchill Downs. Yeah. And the only time you saw Ali Sheba was during the last 10 yards. Oh, it was dark for Mr. McCarron, a very good friend of yours. Uh, okay, here's number four. We're going out with this one. Aside from, you know, grand motion and present company, in winning ponies and doing the show over the last three years, who was your favorite interview? Now, you've had a who's who of the racing industry, Ed, and I, I tip of the cap to you. I want a great job you've done in getting fantastic guests. But as far as someone to talk to, someone who perhaps you brought emotion out or that you learned things about, who was your favorite interview? Jonathan Shepard. Mm, expound. J- Jonathan Shepard. I had the opportunity to chat with him during the week two or three times. He was as patient. He seemed like that uncle that sat on your front porch as you both drank lemonade in the summer. He was going nowhere in a hurry, and he wanted to be with you when you were actually asking, and he took the time. That's marvelous. Well, let me tell you, you know, 121 shows, I can't say I've listened to all of them, but I sure have listened to a lot of them, Ed, and, and I've enjoyed them a lot. And actually, I've watched you grow as a broadcaster over those years. Uh, your, your, your sense of confidence and your ability to interview people uh, just got better and better, and the, uh, the Internet radio world is going to be at a bit of a loss, but I sure am happy for your gain, and I'm awful happy for, for the people at Keeneland. I think they picked the right guy for the job. You're going to do an outstanding job. And I I look forward to to seeing you down there at that historic track. 
And in fact, you will, my friend. We will always handicap together. And as Danny Moore uh, told me, and I'll have to say to you, you'll always be a better handicapper than I am. And uh, and and the saddest part about it is, you just put your quick time in because your memory is vast and wide. Well, I just appreciate you making me a part of the show, and more than that, I appreciate you for being a friend, Ed. John, thanks so much. All right. You keep going, man. We're going to miss you. Thank you, Johnny. Take I care. really appreciate it, buddy. Bye. It's Mr. John Engelhard joining us, and uh, as I said, this is my last show. I'm going to be joining Keenlan. Keenlan. Uh, I, I told my dad he, he chuckled the first time. I think he's tired of hearing it now, but I said uh, when I went down the interview, it was like... Uh, uh, having a tryout for the Yankees. Now I actually get to be a part of the team. If it lasts a day, boys and girls, it was definitely well, well worth it. Well, my friends, time flies as we talk thoroughbred racing. This time I spent, the time that I spent with you each and every Thursday has been some of the best of my day, week, and, and, and any time talking about horse's career. Uh, one hour a week we got to talk about what we love. On behalf of Winnie Ponies, we'd like to thank Mr. Graham Motion, who's a true gentleman, Mr. John Engelhard, uh, a gentleman as well, Mr. James Messery, the president of Winning Ponies, Dan Moore, who is by far an incredible handicapper, and I give him a lot of grief and have a lot of fun with him. I could write ten blogs on Dan Moore. This guy is just a hardcore self-taught handicapper and comes up the blue-collar way, and this guy is as tough as a nickel steak. Enjoyed having him on as well as the bevy of guests. I didn't know it was near that many because, to me, it only felt like one. I'd like to thank everyone from Winnie Ponies who gave me this opportunity and my dad who introduced me to the greatest game in the world. So I'll be looking for you in the winner's circle. May your winners be many. And your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.